What's up, everybody? My name is Shane Kohler, and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here, where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. Hello, hello again, and welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Uh, Great to be back with everyone. As usual, it's always a pleasure. Always uh, look forward to my Tuesdays where I get to be on here and I get to share a message and connect with you and answer your questions and something I always look forward to and always get excited about. And today's conversation is something that I think will resonate with a lot of you, um, whether you're live with me today or or you're uh, listening to the podcast. But uh, so many of the questions I get, so many of the things people reach out to me about are really I'm going to cover in today's conversation. And the topic for today is what demonstrates real potential and also what destroys real potential. So I was just saying to those of you who are live with me before we uh, started here is that, you know, so many of the questions I get is like, uh, I was talking to this person, I felt like there was a connection, I felt like this was going to go somewhere, and then they disappeared, or then they lost interest, or then they changed their mind, or then it didn't work out for one reason or another. So, you know, a, a lot of the questions are like, were they really into me? Or were they just stringing me along? Or, you know, were they into me and it was working and I did something to screw it up? And like, you know, so many of the questions are around these kinds of topics. And so as we explore today, two ideas, really, one, what demonstrates real potential? So when you're getting to know someone, how do you know that there's something here more than, more than, uh, you know, just a fling or just a connection that's going to fade away? How do we know there's the possibility for something more? And then two, uh, having found that, having met someone and recognize, okay, I've met somebody, here's the possibility for something more. Here's the possibility to actually take this relationship where I would really like it to go. What destroys that? What happens in a relational dynamic with someone when there was potential that then destroys it? And is it, you know, a mistake I'm making? Am I doing something wrong or is it something they did? Or so I really want to, I really want to break this down and I hope I can answer these questions in a, in a powerful way today that's going to share some insight and, and support all of you and who are navigating these really, really complex, crazy things because they are, they're complex and they're crazy. So to, to start out today, and if we're going to start with the topic of what demonstrates real potential, what is it when you're meeting someone, when you're dating, when you're getting to know someone that demonstrates real potential? And, you know, I, I think we've got we've to gotta kind of address first this idea, and I've spoken about this before, is that there are so many people who are out there looking for a connection or looking for a relationship or, or looking to get involved with someone for some reason, but they have no real clear intention about what they're doing or what they really want, or, or what, what they're really looking for. 
they feel something and maybe it's a bit of loneliness. Maybe it's a bit of boredom. Maybe it's a, a need for some excitement or, or a need for some drama. Like they, they feel something that is pushing them to get involved with someone else. And I, I think truly like the nature of who we are. And, you know, if we want to get into a philosophical or a spiritual conversation, like we, we come from love, we're made of love at the root. And yes, there's all kinds of stuff that covers that up. And there's all kinds of stuff that causes us to act out in dysfunction way, dysfunctional ways. And, and, you know, we have all kinds of barriers that, you know, prevent us from, from really allowing love into our lives in a real and meaningful way. But at the core of who we are is like, we're made of love and we come from love. And not only are we made of love and do we come from love, but we're also returning to love. Like in, in the, in the ultimate sense, like I, I truly believe that's what this human journey is, is this human journey is, is, you know, coming from love, losing that sense of who we are fundamentally as love, and then finding our way back to it. And we're all kind of caught somewhere in between here where, you know, we, we feel that love inside of us, but it's not fully expressed. It's not fully um, it's not the maximum expression of what it could be. And, you know, we've developed all kinds of barriers and things, and now we're finding our way to become that full expression of love again. And so being that that's who we are and being that that's what we're made of, there's something within each of us that has us seek love. But you've also got to understand that in, in a, what do I want to say here? Like to a degree we're seeking love, but we're not, we're not really clear about what it is to seek love. Let me put it that way. So there's something within us. And, and I said earlier, like maybe it feels like a bit of boredom. Maybe it feels like a need for excitement. Maybe it feels like I'm lonely and I want someone to be there to end that loneliness. It can, it can feel like many different things, but these emotional experiences that we have are driving us towards relationship. And the underlying idea underneath it all is that by connecting with someone else, by getting this relationship in my life, by getting this person in my life, this whatever I'm feeling inside, whether it's boredom or loneliness or sadness or feeling lost or whatever it might be. But the idea is, is that if I can find that love of another person, that's going to somehow fix that emotional experience. It's going to somehow make it better. And I think even the, you know, if we want to I know I, I hate this word because I, th I think it's so misused and so misunderstood. But if, if we want to take someone like a narcissist, for example, who we could say is, is somebody who's really not capable of love or empathy, right? A narcissist would be a person who is just so disconnected from themselves at heart, really. They're so disconnected from their own truth and they have to live in a very manipulative and, and kind of, uh, controlling and divisive way in order to try to take what they want from life because they're so disconnected from who they are at the core, right? So if, if we would take someone like this, I would assert that even that person is seeking love on some level. Even that person is, is seeking some kind of connection, some kind of experience that's going to make them feel better than they feel. And they do that in relationship with other people. But the problem is, is that somebody like that 
is so incapable of love or empathy that they're that they just can't really have a healthy relationship. And so when you get involved with someone like that, they might really want something. They might really feel a lot of the same things you feel and they might want some of the same things you want, but they're the way they see themselves and the way they see the world and the way they see relationships doesn't allow for that to really thrive. But if we can, if we could just start to understand that all people on some level are really seeking for this, all people on some level are really seeking to feel more of the love that's inside of them and to have that be more expressed. And one of the biggest ways we understand that love is that it happens in relationship with other people. Because what happens when you get involved with someone, when you, when you experience romance with someone and when you feel like they see you and when you feel like they, they want you and you feel like you matter to them, something comes alive inside of you where you feel like it's safe to be yourself it's safe to share your gifts. It's, it's safe to show someone who you truly are. And in that, there is the experience of the love that you are coming through. The misunderstanding is that when the love that you are comes through in this relationship, it's not, it's not because of the person that you're feeling it. It's because being in relationship with this person has created a space where you feel safe enough that you let that come out. Whereas most of the time in your life, when you're, you know, alone and you're trying to hold it together and you're trying to show up at work and you're trying to show up for your friends, and you're trying to show up in all these different environments and you're trying to be perfect or be the best or whatever your version of that is, there's a, there's a certain level of that love that we don't allow our, we don't allow it to be expressed. We don't allow it to move through us. But when we quote fall for someone or when we fall in love or when we feel loved by someone, there's a certain safety that's created where we kind of let those barriers fall down. We let those walls fall down and our true self comes through, or at least more of our true self than we normally allow. That's what creates the experience of being in love. And then we often think that this person does that to us. And then we, and then we start to try to cling to that person, right? Oh, this person made me feel this way. And now I need to have them in my life. If I want to feel this way, it's actually a misunderstanding. It, it, it's not that that person made you feel that way. It's that the space that was created in that relationship, you allowed yourself to feel that way where normally you don't. And the, the reason I'm, I'm talking about all this to kind of preface today's topic is because I really want to understand that, that that is something that we all want to feel. There's not a single human being on the planet who doesn't want to feel that. We all want to feel that absolute freedom to be ourselves. We all want to feel seen. We all want to feel appreciated. We all want to feel acknowledged. We all want to feel recognized. And going back to what I was saying, somebody like a narcissist who who you know, wants those same things that we all want, but doesn't have the capacity for empathy or to see something from someone else's perspective or to be connected to what someone else is feeling. They're so isolated in their own experience. They want those same things and they'll show up in relationship in a way to get those things. They just have no concept of how to have you feel those things at the same time because it's all about them. So the, the purpose here is, is to really say that you know, we all want that. And, and being in relationship with someone else is the way to 
is the way, I don't want to, no, that's not right. It's not the way to get it. It is a way to get it. It is one of the most profound ways that we experience that freedom to be our complete selves. And that is why all of us are are seeking relationships in one way or another. But then the question becomes, and this is what I started with, I want to come back to it. The question becomes, everybody in the world is out there looking for that on some level. And some people feel it like if I, you know, and this is maybe more of a man thing, but there are a lot of men out there that are thinking if I can just have sex with someone, I'll feel that, right? If I can just find a woman who thinks I'm attractive enough that she wants to get into bed with me, that gives me that validation that I need to feel that thing that I feel. You know, and maybe this could be more of a woman thing, although it's not only a woman thing, but a lot of women are out there saying, you know, if I can find a man who just wants to commit to me, they just, they see how great I am. They see all my gifts. They see how worthy I am and they want to commit to me and they want to be with me. That will make me feel the way I want to feel. Right. And so these are kind of two versions of it. And one tends to be more of a man version. The other one tends to be more of a woman version, although there's definitely some overlap there. But these are different approaches to it. But what I want to say is neither one of those approaches, if you're looking for sex or you're looking for commitment as a way to make you feel the way you want to feel, neither one of those approaches are actually leading to real potential. Because both of those approaches are kind of self-centered, right? They're kind of, I need someone to meet me with what I need, with what I want, with what I'm looking for, with what's going to make me feel good. And as long as the focus is solely on that, there's not real potential for any relationship to occur. And that, that'll actually spill over into what destroys it, which we'll get to in a little bit later in the conversation. But so when we're looking for real potential, real potential comes out of somebody knowing what they want, and being prepared to create that with you. I'm going to say that again. Real potential comes out of somebody knowing what they want and being prepared to create that with you. Now, in in the examples I was giving before, everybody's looking for connection. Everybody's looking for some kind of relationship with someone that's going to make me feel better about myself, that's going to make me feel free to be more of myself, that's going to make me feel like I can, you know, take on the world, that's going to make me feel confident, it's going to make me feel good, it's going to make me feel like I am the person that I know inside I could be. We are all looking for some kind of connection that gives us that experience. Now, again, some people are just looking for it through sex. Right? Some people, they think all they need is sex and then they'll have that. Some people realize they need a little bit more than that. But, but we're all looking for that. And so this is why when you get involved with someone and you think, oh my God, it was electric and it was amazing and I felt so good and they felt so good and here's this awesome connection and here's this, and you know, we feel so filled up and we feel you know, all this stuff. Why didn't it work out? Why didn't they want that? Why didn't they want to keep pushing it? Or why did they lose interest? And what I want to say is, even though you were feeling those things, even though you were momentarily validating each other in those ways, even though there was a moment in time or maybe a few weeks in time 
when you were giving them exactly what they needed to feel great about themselves and they were giving you exactly what you needed to, excuse me, what you needed to feel great about yourself. And just because that was happening for a date or for a few weeks or even a few months doesn't mean that you were on the same page about what you wanted long-term. And so you say, we had this amazing few weeks. It felt like we were so in love. It felt like we were so connected. We were like right there with each other. We were finishing each other's sentences. We were, you know, taking a last minute trip and booking a plane ticket and flying to Europe or whatever kind of crazy things we do sometimes, right? And just because that was happening, just because that was a shared experience for a moment in time, doesn't mean that the two of you ultimately wanted the same things that you ultimately had the same kind of potential to create something long-term. And what I'd like to say is that the majority of people, the majority, and, and I think this goes for men and women, the majority of people are looking for an experience that's going to make them feel good right now. And then they go get involved with it and they keep it going for as long as it feels good. And then when it doesn't feel good anymore, they drop it. And so what might happen is somebody might, you know, you meet each other, you think you're sexy, you hop in bed together, you take a trip together, you talk on the phone every day, you, and there's this really hot, heavy romance that's happening. And then at some point in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, somebody starts to feel like their freedom is being infringed upon, Somebody starts to feel like they can't do all the things they want to do. Somebody starts to get fears about how does this look to my friends or what are people thinking of me? Somebody starts to get fears about, you know, there's a lot of other people out there. Do I really want to, you know, pass up my opportunity to keep looking and keep meeting new people? And, and these are the kinds of things that creep into someone's mind. And then as these things start to creep into someone's mind, the the desire that they had for the relationship in the beginning starts to wane because now what was initially excitement, what initially felt good, what initially was something that, you know, I wanted more of now that same thing is causing anxiety for me. It's stressing me out. It's making me uncertain. It's making me doubt. It's making me go, I don't know about this. What if, what do my friends think? What do, you know, how does it look to other people? What, what if I want to meet someone else? Like I can't do that anymore and all this stuff. So that same thing that was making me feel good in the first few weeks is now stressing me out. It's now causing me anxiety. And if I don't have a greater commitment here, because these are normal experiences. And I think to some degree, everybody's going to feel these things when they start committing to a relationship. I think everybody's going to feel these things to some degree. But if I don't have a greater commitment, if I was only here because I wanted to feel better about myself, if that was my only commitment, I really want everyone to understand what I'm saying right now. If I was only here to begin with, because this relationship was making me feel better about myself, then as soon as this relationship is not making me feel better about myself, I'm going to drop it. Why? Because that was the only reason I wanted it to begin with. If this is resonating right now, if, if, you're, uh, if you're picking up what I'm saying right now, I want you to tap that heart a few times. I just want to know who's with me. I want to know if this is landing. And the fact is, 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 is I think the great multitudes of people 
who are on dating apps and who are, you know, just out there playing the field, doing their thing. The great majority of people that are out there doing this are doing it in that way. There's something they don't want to feel. They think if I could just go get laid or if I could just go meet someone who will like me, or if I could just go get someone's attention or get someone's validation or get someone to text me or get someone to think I'm great, I'll feel better about myself. And then we go and we find that and we soak it up until it doesn't feel good anymore. And then we drop it. So this is the number one reason why relationships that you might meet or get involved in don't have real potential. It's because there was nothing solid there. There was, there was never any real commitment there. And I don't mean commitment to each other. I mean, commitment to yourself, commitment to what you wanted, right? It wasn't like, it wasn't like I sat down, got really clear about the vision that I'm seeking long-term, got really clear about the kind of partner I want to be with, got really clear about, you know, how I, how I want to feel, how I want to experience myself in relationship, got really clear about how I want to work through the difficult times, got really clear about all this stuff and showed up to this interaction ready to create something. And this is the difference between somebody who's just hanging out, killing time, having fun, seeing what happens, seeing where it goes. I don't really care. I'm just doing it to feel good. When it doesn't feel good, I'm going to stop doing it. And somebody who shows up who says, I know what I'm looking for. I'm ready for long-term partnership. I'm ready for long-term commitment. I, I know the kind of life I want to have, whether that means I'm going to get married and start a family, whether that means I'm going to have a partner and we can travel the world together and have all kinds of experiences and, and live out all our dreams. Like, you know, there are different versions of this and, you know, one's not better than the other. They're all valid. But real potential is found when two people show up to a relationship with a commitment that was present before the relationship. And see, I, I think that I think that a lot of people go into a relationship hoping that the commitment is going to be found in the relationship. But the commitment needs to be found before the relationship, right? Both people show up with their own commitment and then they bring that commitment to a relationship and then they talk about it with each other and then they clarify this vision. They clarify, hey, you looking for the same things I'm looking for. Do you want the same things? Can we go to the same places? And sometimes, sometimes you might have two people who both have a strong commitment but they don't necessarily see eye to eye on all the same things. And that's where it's going to work out that, or excuse me, that's where you've got to work it out, right? That's where you've got to, you've got to find out, okay, so can we, can we engage together in a way where we can get on the same page about these things, where we can see eye to eye on these things, where we can actually have this last long term, or is this not, is this not a fit? Like are, are our heartfelt desires so different that it really can't work? So as I was thinking about this topic and, and really thinking about examples and things and looking back at my history and my experiences, there was a period of time for me 
when I just was not committed to myself. I was not, and not only not committed to myself, but I wasn't committed to a vision for my life. And the truth is, is that I just, I didn't have enough experience. I hadn't done enough work on myself. I hadn't dated enough that I didn't know what I wanted. And so any woman who would have gotten involved with me at that stage in my life was basically like basically the relationship wasn't going to go anywhere. And it wasn't because I didn't like her. It wasn't because she wasn't cool or fun to hang out with or a good person or a smart person or anything like that. But it was because I was not in a place where I was bringing that commitment already. I was not in a place where I had clarified what I was looking for and I was ready to create that with someone. I was still figuring it out. I was still coming to understand what it was that I wanted, what it was that my long-term vision was, what it was that I, I thought, you know, I could have a, I could have a partnership and, and, and what that would look like and what that would feel like. So, you know, in, if you had met me in my twenties, like there wasn't a lot of potential for a long-term relationship. There was only really potential for us to date, for us to have some experiences together, for us to have a good time. And then as I got a little bit older, as I had more experiences, as I experienced heartbreak a few times, as I started to grow in my wisdom and I started to understand for myself that, you know, it's, it's really an empty road to keep chasing relationship after relationship after relationship and to be starting over again, like from ground zero, like it would be so much more fulfilling to build something and sustain something. And as the years go on to have something to show for it, rather than to constantly be starting over again at ground zero, right? Like as, as this wisdom started to sink in for me as, and, and this went in accordance with my life experience with experiencing some heartbreak myself with having other, with uh, breaking other people's hearts and experiencing the heartbreak in them. And, you know, going through lots of different experiences and learning all of this, learning all of this and, and coming to understand these things for myself. It was only by going through all of that, that I clarified what it was I really wanted. And, and I would say that the first person I ever met that there was real potential on both sides was my wife because everybody that I dated prior to her, there was always like this push pull dynamic. There was always like, there was always like either they wanted it more than me or I wanted it more than them. And it was always about, I'll just say it was always about ego gratification on one side or the other, but honestly, to a degree on both sides. And when I say ego gratification, I'm going back to what I was saying earlier about just wanting to feel better. So, you know, my relationships prior to meeting my wife fell into one category or another. One category was I want this person because I have them up on a pedestal and I've determined that they're the kind of person that would make me feel really great about myself. And if I can get this person to want me, then I'll feel great about who I am. And so it would be me kind of chasing some woman 
who I had deemed was, oh, the greatest thing in the world, and I have her up on a pedestal, and if I could just get her to want me, then I'll be set, right? So that was one dynamic. The other dynamic was the opposite, where I'm not that into it, but she likes me, and it feels good for us to hang out together, and so I'm just doing this until it doesn't feel good anymore. And this is something I want to point out about this dynamic. By the way, right now I'm talking about relationships that don't have real potential, So all of the relationships that I'm describing right now fit into this category of relationships that don't have real potential. And something that is inherently unsafe about this dynamic of having someone on a pedestal is in order for me, when I I do this thing of putting someone on a pedestal and, and seeking a relationship with them because I think that getting them to want me is going to make me feel good about who I am. It's going to validate me in a way, and I, might, and I might tell myself that I'm in love with them. I might tell myself that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I might tell myself that I've never met a woman like this, and oh my God, and oh, and if they would just love me, I would be set for life. And I might tell myself all this stuff. And what we often don't realize when we're telling ourselves all of this stuff and we're living in this strong, addictive attachment to someone and thinking that if they would just love me, everything would be amazing, is that the moment they come off of that pedestal and I see their humanness, that I will lose respect for them and I won't like them anymore because I need them to be on that pedestal for me to feel that way about them. And so if we're, if we're looking at relationships that don't have real potential, I would say anytime you are on someone's pedestal or anytime someone is on your pedestal, these relationships don't have real potential. They just don't. They're all about ego gratification. And the person who's on the pedestal is using the other person to make them feel good about themselves. And the person who has the person on the pedestal is striving to get the approval of that person, to get the validation of that person, thinking that if they come down off their pedestal for me, I will finally be enough. And what sometimes happens, it actually doesn't often happen. Because usually that person who's up on the pedestal never comes off of it. And the relationship begins, has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and that person stays up on the pedestal the whole time. But sometimes that person does come down off their pedestal. And then what happens is the roles reverse, and the other person ends up on the pedestal. And it's the same dynamic repeated in, a, in the opposite way. And so these are relationships that, that really don't have potential because they're, they're already being dominated by the ego. They're already being used by the ego to gratify itself to either, you know, again, on the one hand is to boost itself. Look at how amazing I am. Look at how this person wants me or look at how unworthy I am, but striving for worthiness, right? I'm not worthy, but as soon as I get them to love me, I will be. And Wherever that dynamic is present, the authentic connection that is possible in the relationship is not, pres- is, not, is not available. It's not present there. And so a relationship that has real potential, 
And this is why I, this is why I say that my relationship with my wife was the first one where I actually feel like it, it was somebody I met where there was real potential there is because one, we were both clear about what we wanted. We had both gotten to a place where we had a vision. We knew to a degree what that vision looked like. And of course it's clarified over the years together. And of course it has shifted a little bit over the years together. You know, she picked up on aspects of my vision. I picked up on aspects of her vision and we've, you know, compromised to certain degrees and, and we've, you know, led each other into our hearts. And, and so that's been a part of it too. But to a, to a strong degree, we both knew what we wanted and we both showed up to this relationship ready to create that. But then to another degree and equally important or, or maybe even more important is we had both gotten to a place where nobody was going to live on our pedestals anymore. We had both gotten to a place where we showed up to relationships going, this is who I am. I'm not going to pretend to be anything for you. I'm not going to try to get you to like me. I'm not going to try to, you know, impress you. If, if you, if you pull back or you, you know, are, are being distant or playing games or whatever, like we're like, I'm not going to fight for your approval. I'm just going to distance myself at that point. So these were, these were things. And, you know, I had a long dating history. My wife had a long dating history. We've, we've shared all our stories. We still today, we sit around and laugh about them sometimes, all the crazy things we've been through, but we've, we had both been through enough stuff to really work out this stuff within ourselves. And, and so when we showed up, it was like, we weren't going to do this anymore. And if you're going to do it, you're just going to lose me is basically what it came down to. And I remember the first, uh, there was a, the, the way my wife ended, ended up getting, we got together was there was, um, there was this weekend where a hurricane had come through South Florida and both of our plans got canceled and we were basically free all weekend. And, you know, without make a long story short, we, we ended up spending the whole weekend together and we had a great weekend and, you know, we were very connected and we had lots of, you know, talks and, and, you know, we, we had a sleepover, but we didn't sleep together. We just snuggled all night. It was really beautiful and sweet and everything. And so after spending this great weekend together and having, you know, this awesome time together and really feeling something here, I remember I, I said to her, she was, uh, she lived in New Jersey. She was just down in Florida for the weekend. And I walked her to her car that night or no, she walked me to my car and we were standing outside of my car and I was getting ready to go home and she was getting ready to go get on a plane and go to New Jersey. And I, I said to her, I said, so I just want to know, you know, is this a, is this a one-time thing? Like, you know, are we just having a good time this weekend or do you want to keep talking and see where this goes? And she said to me, no, I'd like to keep talking and let's see what happens. You know, let, let's see, let's see what, you know, let's see what happens after we talk. And so that was like, I, I honestly think that was the first time that a woman had ever given me a straight answer like that. And I'll, I'll say to a degree, it was probably the first time. No, it, no, no, I'm, I'm going to correct that. It was definitely not the first time, but it was, it was relatively early on in me getting the courage to be that direct, right? So there's a combination there. 
there was a combination of my willingness to be that direct and just say, Hey, you know, I would love it if we could see where this goes. I would love it if we could explore the possibility of having a relationship and her willingness to just meet me in that same place and say, yeah, like, like I would like that too. I would like to explore that as well. And that was very new for me because normally as soon as I let somebody know about my interest, it started this kind of game playing. It started where now they feel like they have the upper hand. Now they, now they feel like they can kind of manipulate. And there was, it, it was, I had found it almost impossible to find someone that I could just be direct and upfront with and get a direct and, and upfront response and that we could start our relationship on that basis. And my wife was the first person I ever found that with. So the, the real potential is going to be found when you and another person can meet each other from that place, right? There's no game playing here. I'm not trying to impress you. I'm not trying to hold on to you. I'm not trying to keep you up on my pedestal. I'm not trying to prove myself to you. I'm just coming to you as I am. You know, I'm not boosting myself up. I'm not trying to make myself look like anything I'm not. I'm just coming to you as I am, expressing a heartfelt interest in a possibility that I see here and letting you know that if you're open to it, that I would like to explore that with you and getting that same honest response in return. Yes, I would like that too. Yes, I see that same potential. Yes, I am enjoying our time together in the same way. And yes, I would like to work towards that. And again, like, I'll just say like my wife and I had this conversation on like day three of hanging out with each other, right? It wasn't, yes, I want to be with you and only you for the rest of my life. Yeah, we should, you know, it wasn't anything like that. It was, I see something here. I would like to explore this. Do you see the same thing? Would you like to explore this? Day three of us talking to each other, we had that conversation. And I say that because, you know, yeah, it's, it's often advisable, especially if you met someone on a dating app or, you know, if you met someone maybe a little bit differently from how I met my wife, it might be advisable to give it a little bit of time to have a few experiences with each other, to feel each other out, to get a sense of who the person is. So, you know, it's not that you have to rush into this conversation but you also don't need to procrastinate it. In fact, I would say if you let it go too long, if you put it off for too long, what you're doing is you're letting this person think that you're okay with things being undefined. You're letting this person think that you're okay with not being on the same page about what you're looking for. And that's not a good message to send either. So I say, you know, we had this conversation on day three because it's, it's okay to. And so that that's really the first part about what demonstrates real potential. And it's somebody's willingness to meet you in that authentic place, to acknowledge openly that they want the same things you want. To acknowledge that, you know, like when, when you say, I'd like to see where this goes. I'm wondering if, if, you know, you're, you're like interested in the same thing or, or is this just something, you know, are you just in this to have a good time or are you interested in really seeing if something could happen between us? 
And when somebody says to you like, oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I just met you. Like, that sounds like a lot. It's like, okay, that person is clearly not in the same place you are because I'm not asking you if you just met me and if you know that you want to be with me for the rest of your life right now. I'm asking if you want the same things I want. I'm asking if you want to explore the possibility of having a real relationship here. I'm not asking for your commitment. I'm just asking to find out where you stand honestly. And so if somebody can't meet you in that place authentically, yes, I want the same things you want. Yes, I would like to explore that here. Yes, let's see where this goes. Yes, let's keep talking. Yes, let's explore this together. Yes, I do want those same things. If someone can't meet you in that place, there's not real potential. And when they say, well, it seems like a bit early, you know, let's just, let's just keep hanging out and see what happens, right? When, when they give you an answer like that and you think, okay, well, I'll just keep hanging out and see what happens. You're lowering yourself to the level on which the things that you want could never happen. When you, when you try to start the relationship off on this level of let's explore something real, let's explore the possibility of, of a long-term commitment, you know, let's, let's see if we want the same things here. Let's see if we could move in that direction. And they try to bring you down from that place and say, well, that's a lot. Maybe we'll get there one day, but let's just start down here. Let's just start down here where we don't have to talk about that where we don't have to look at that, where we don't have to, you know, express what we want or what we need from each other. And we can just hang out and make it cool and make it whatever I want, right? When you bring yourself down to that, you are bringing yourself down to the level where what you want could never happen. Okay. But let's say now, let's say you have established that similar to how I established it with my wife about, um, you know, is is this just a one-time thing or would you like to explore what could really happen here? Right. And we both had that agreement. Yes, I would like to explore what could really happen here. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean I'm I'm all in. It doesn't mean that two months from now I might realize there's a lot of incompatibility, a lot of incompatibility between us. Right. But yes, I, I, I like you. I feel connected to you. I've enjoyed what we have shared together in these couple of dates or these couple of weeks, whatever it might have been. And yes, I would like to explore the possibility of this becoming something real, right? So once you've established that with someone, we could say there's some real potential here, right? There is the possibility for it to go somewhere. Now the question is, what gets that off track? Once you've established that with someone, and I think this is where a lot of the questions come from, because so many people send me questions that say, we had this great connection. We had this great experience. He said he wanted the same things I wanted. And then turns out, you know, two weeks later, he changed his mind. He doesn't want it anymore. So once you've established that authentic connection, that uh, common intention, that desire for something to actually happen, what gets that off track? And the simple answer I'm going to say is, is that it's really our wounds that gets it off track. It's when we've moved from, you know what it is? It's like, uh, 
what's the word for that? When you, it's, uh, the, the word that comes to mind is stage fright, but it, it's not, it's choking. It's, it's, it's when you choke, right? It's like when somebody gets on stage, like a stand-up comedian or a, a musician or something, and they get up on stage and they see everybody cheering for them. And it's like the pressure of the moment becomes too much and they choke and they can't perform. Well, that's what happens to us once we find real potential. Sometimes we choke and there's like this pressure of, oh my God, I've been dealing with like uncommitted people for so long. I've been dealing with people who wouldn't give me a straight answer for so long. Like I've been, I've been having people up on a pedestal and trying to prove myself to them for so long. And now all of a sudden I find myself in a position where I've authentically met another human being heart to heart. And we're on the same page and we want the same things. And we've even expressed that to each other. And there's the actual possibility of having what I want right now. And the pressure of the moment is so much that I choke. It's like, I, I've got what I want. I found what I want. But who I know myself to be or who I feel that I am inside is not big enough to hold it right now. And that's when we choke. It's like we go up on stage and, and we're supposed to give a performance and the pressure of the moment is so much that we, we try to sing and we just can't get the words out of our mouth. So that's the moment when we choke. And so what does choking look like in a romantic situation? Well, it is when your insecurities, your fears, and your wounds become so activated that you actually sabotage the possibility that was there. And so the, uh, the pressure of now I have it, or, or at least, again, even, even thinking now I have it, is actually not a good mentality because you don't have it. All you've established is a possibility. You've established that you want the same things. You've established that you've met with an open heart, that you're not playing any games, that you're not trying to pretend to be anything else, but that you're actually, we want the same things. We see the same possibility. We're open to exploring this. We're open to finding it. And actually, I, I love that that came up because a lot of times once we have that, we think we have the relationship and now we have to hold on to it. And, and it's like, no, you don't have the relationship and, and you don't have anything to hold on to right now. Right now, you're living in the gray area. You're living in the area of, I don't know what we are. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know how we're going to feel two weeks from now or a month from now or three months from now. I don't know. And the truth is, and, and I want everyone to hear this, even in the best of circumstances, like I've often shared, I saw my wife hop on a little bit ago, so she might be listening right now. She always loves it when I tell everyone how many times she tried to break up with me. But, but it, the, the reason I share it and, and look, I, I get it. Like that was her stuff and she didn't necessarily feel like it was safe. 
and she was kind of, you know, tiptoeing into the relationship and, and she had her own stuff going on that she had to work through. And, and I get that. I'm not mad at her for it, but it, but that was just her process. And actually it was such a great process for me to, yeah, there she is. So, so she's listening. It, it was such a great process for me to work through my own insecurity stuff. Right. And, and so this is what I mean is like at that point, yeah, we're, we're six months into our relationship and, you know, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, and we're making plans to get on planes and visit each other every couple of weeks. And, and, you know, I'm staying at her house and she's staying at my house and we're making dinner for each other and we're, we're doing all the things, but I actually didn't have the relationship at that point, right? Like, I, I mean, she hadn't committed to marrying me. She hadn't like, we, you know, we hadn't committed to moving in together. Like we hadn't made any of those big commitments yet. What we had was a mutual interest, a mutual desire, a, a mutual understanding of, of the possibility that we saw and an agreement that, okay, we're going to, we're going to work on this honestly and authentically, and we're going to really give this our best shot. We, we had that agreement in place but we didn't have the relationship yet. We were in the gray area with it. We were figuring out if we could have the relationship. And, and this was the, this was the place where, and I think for both of us, and it might've shown up a little bit differently for her than it showed up for me, but we had to be able to self-soothe all of our anxiety and all of our fear and all of our, uh, you know, needing to, to, you know, have an answer right now or push it this way or make it go somewhere. Like, you know, you can't, it's like when you're, when you're cooking a pot roast and, and you know, you've got to stew it for 12 hours or whatever. I've never cooked a pot roast, so don't quote me on that. <laughs> but you know, when you've got it, you've got it in the pot and you know, you've got to let it cook for hours. Like you can't speed it up. You know, it's on slow cook. It's, it's got to take the time it takes. And if you try to speed it up, you're going to ruin it, right? So it, it, it's like that. It's like the relationship is now on slow cook. We've done everything we could do in the beginning to set it up on the best footing. You know, we asked all the right questions. We had the important conversations. We established that there is real potential here. And now we're on slow cook, now we've got to go through all the different phases of growth together. We've got to go through the insecurity, the fear, and all of that. And we've got to establish every step of the way if we're willing to move forward. And I've often talked about this. I've often talked about how, especially in the beginning of a relationship, especially in the first year, you're going to come to what I call these like make or break moments where it's like, you know, we're, we've been two people who've been single for 30, 40 years. We've been living on our own for, you know, all this amount of time. And we've, you know, never been committed to someone in this way. And we're now trying to find out if we can be committed to someone in this way. And we're exploring all of the feelings that come up and one day I'm falling into it. The next day I'm pulling back from it. There's, there's fear that's coming up. Can I really trust you? If I give you my all, can, can I really trust you to be there? And, and there's all this stuff that's coming up. And we've got to, 
we've got to, uh, we've got to be willing to engage around those difficult conversations. And we've got to give each other the freedom to make these choices, you know, to choose to be here or to choose not to be here. And I want to say one of the biggest things that destroys real potential is the, the need to push it beyond where it can go right now where we start saying to someone, I need an answer from you right now. And, and the person says, well, I've, I've given you as much of an answer as I can give you right now. Like, yes, I like you. Yes, I want the same things as you. Yes, I, I would love it if this relationship went somewhere. And like, I don't know if I can make a lifetime commitment to you right now. Like, I'm still figuring that out. I'm still going through my own stuff here. And when you try to force that on someone, that's one of the biggest things that will destroy the potential. Another big thing that will destroy the potential is when you start doing inauthentic stuff to push someone in one direction or another. I'll give an example. I remember my wife said this to me and, and, it, and I, I don't know, I, I had probably done this in the past, but I didn't do it with her. And she said to me, you know, a lot of guys that I've dated in the past, when I would, when I would try to, um, what was it? It was a lot of guys that I've dated in the past, you know, when we're kind of in this gray area, they would start sending me messages like, oh, I'll bet you're talking to a bunch of other guys, aren't you? (laughs) Right. It's like that. It's like that fishing for a compliment, but in an inauthentic way. And what it reveals is a lack of confidence, right? And, and my wife, she told me, and this was like, you know, well into our relationship, she told me this, but she's like, you know, if you had done that kind of stuff, or if you had said that kind of stuff, or if you had sent me those kinds of, uh, those kinds of messages, like I would have, I would have lost interest. Like, because what you would have been doing is you would have been showing me that you weren't as confident as I thought you were. And, and I think we do that in different ways. You know, we, we feel that we need something from the relationship. Maybe there's some clarity that we're lacking or there's some fear that we have, or there's some insecurity that we're feeling. And you know, there, there are things that we could, there are things that we could do about that. Like one is just, I could ask you a question, like, you know, instead of, instead of sending you a message, like I'll bet you're seeing all kinds of other guys, aren't you? I could just come out and ask you like, Hey, I, I just want to know, you know, are you seeing anyone else? Right? Like that would be an authentic and confident way to approach it. Like I don't have anything to, I don't have anything to play games about. I don't have anything to be afraid of. If you're seeing other people, awesome. Like, great. I'm glad that you are. I'm glad that you let me know. Now I may need to decide how I'm going to show up in this relationship based on that, but I'm not, but I don't need to, I don't need to, uh, I don't need to like play these kind of inauthentic games or send these little messages or, or things like that, right? If there's a question I need to ask you, I can just ask it. If there's, if there's uh, something I'm feeling, an insecurity or a fear, I can be with that. You know, maybe I have a coach or a therapist or someone I could talk to about that, 
right? Maybe I, I have the ability to work through that on my own rather than constantly turning to you to, to fix that or solve that for me. Which, by the way, brings me to another point that destroys real potential, is putting all the pressure on this person for them to be responsible for your emotional experience of the situation, right? It's like, look, this, this person is in the same position you are. They don't know where this relationship is going either. They have their fears about it too. They have their doubts about it too. They're sorting through things. They're trying to figure out how they feel. You know, maybe if they have commitment issues, they're sorting through their own commitment issues. They're sorting through what does it mean to be like, they're, they're going through all of this stuff too. And when you start putting your emotional experience on them, like they need to be responsible for it rather than saying, okay, I'm feeling insecure right now. I'm having doubts about this relationship. Okay. Let me go talk to my coach about it. Let me go talk to my therapist about it. Let me talk to a trusted friend or, or a trusted, you know, someone in my life that I really respect their opinion. Maybe someone who has a great relationship. I could talk to them and get their view on this, right? Maybe I can, you know, after talking to people, after sitting with this experience, maybe I can get clear about the questions that I really have for this person. And I can ask them in a really clear and authentic and empowered way rather than beating around the bush about it or rather than hinting at things or, or rather than, you know, playing kind of games where, you know, one day I text him every day or one day I text him all day, the next day I don't text him at all. And let me play like hot and cold games and, and see how they respond to this stuff. Like all of these things are the things that destroy the potential that was there. And yes, I want to say to some degree, to some degree, the reason you're struggling is because you're just barking up the wrong tree. You're just barking up the, the no potential tree and you're just hoping that one day it turns into potential. That's part of it. But the other part that we struggle is because we are actually finding people that have real potential and then we sabotage it because we don't have the ability to be with our own insecurities. And so we start in different ways, whether it's playing the hot and cold game, whether it's sending the weird, inauthentic text messages, whether it's demanding an answer right now, you know, like all these different things. But we start sabotaging the potential that is there. And the reason we do that fundamentally is because our wounds get activated. Our insecurities get activated. And rather than knowing how to be with them, we dump them on this person. We dump them on this relationship. And so what I, what I really want to say, and like, look, I want to say first that I get it. This is like the most complex thing you will ever navigate. You know, it's like, it's like you go, you go apply for a job. You know, you put together a really nice resume, you dress up real nice, you perform really good in the interview, you get hired for the job, you get a list of expectations, you're like, boom, it's very clear, I know exactly what I need to do. If I just do these things, I'm gonna be the great employee, I'm gonna be loved by my boss, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna excel in this job. Like, you know, it's like that is a much more easy environment to succeed in than a relationship where there are no rules. There are no guidelines. There are no clear expectations. Every relationship unfolds a little bit differently. Some people are committed after three months. 
Some people are committed after three years. And, and I, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't recommend you waiting around for three years hoping someone's going to get committed. That's not advisable in most cases. But to a large degree, there are no rules here. There are no clear guidelines. And to create a, a healthy relationship, a long-term successful relationship, you have to live in this gray area to a degree. You have to live in the possibility that this could work out or this couldn't work out. And you've got to, and again, like I'm, I'm going to offer this because I would say, you know, if you're living in that really gray area, more than a year, more than like 18 months, you're getting close to two years and you're still living in like the super gray area, I'd be like, it's time to clarify some things. Okay, so I, I do want to give you that as a guideline. Like I'm not saying just let it go on indefinitely. But, but yeah, the first year of your relationship, even if you're boyfriend, girlfriend, even if you're exclusive, even if you want the same things, the first year of your relationship is going to be a lot of gray area. It's going to be a lot of insecurities coming up on both sides. It's going to be a lot of you working through issues around commitment, issues around intimacy, issues around abandonment. It's, it's going to be a lot of that. And you, once you've found someone who has real potential, your ability to navigate that beyond just the potential phase and into the long-term commitment phase is going to be so much reliant on your ability to navigate your own emotional experience, your ability to self-soothe your own emotional experience. I remember a conversation I had with my wife one time where, you know, we were, this was probably six, eight months into our relationship and we were on the verge of breaking up because I mean, there, there were a lot of challenges we had. We were long distance. We spent weeks at a time apart. I had a completely separate life from her. You know, there was, there were certain things that, you know, we both wanted and we didn't necessarily know if the other person would be able to meet those needs and, and things like that. And I remember I, I said to her, like, I've got to stop being afraid that this relationship isn't going to work out. And I've just got to go all in with it and see what happens. And you know, and she always said to me, like, that was the moment when I really started to trust this relationship because I got it that we were both two free people who could choose to leave at any time. And right now in this moment, we were choosing to stay and we were choosing to work on this. And I just, I think there's no way to shortcut that. There's no way to avoid those experiences. And I see a question here. I want to jump in with this question. It says, what if you can't and it's unbearable? Do you wait for the exclusivity at the detriment of your own mental health? Well, so I'm going to answer this with lots of love and compassion, but that's when you've got to work on being more empowered in yourself. Now, I want to clarify a few things, okay? Like, my wife and I were exclusive after a couple of months. Like, I think after two months, we became exclusive. Okay, so there are, there are certain benchmarks of security that you, that you can establish, right? Like, I would think 
If you've been consistently talking on a regular basis and dating someone and, you know, spending time with them for a period of, of three months, like it's, it's okay to ask for exclusivity at this point. It's like, look, I've been, I'm investing a lot of time, a lot of energy. I'm talking to you every day. I'm becoming emotionally invested in this. Like before we take this any further, I want to know that you're not seeing other people. Like that's fair. That is a fair request. And if somebody after three months of talking on a regular basis, of texting daily, of spending time together, of going on dates, like if you've been doing that consistently for three months and they're not willing to be exclusive, then the truth is they don't want the relationship that much. Okay, so exclusivity is one thing. And I think that's a fair thing to ask for. Like if I'm going to keep investing my heart, if I'm going to keep making myself vulnerable here, if I'm going to keep, you know, exploring this and seeing where this goes with you, like, yes, I, I want exclusivity. That is totally fair. That is totally appropriate to ask for. Okay. But I think sometimes we feel like exclusivity is a sealed deal and it's not. Like exclusivity is just the first benchmark. It's, it's just the, the point at which you both agree to give this relationship an honest chance. Before you become exclusive, you're just getting to know each other. You're just finding out if you even like each other. And then at the point where you realize we both like each other, we both have a strong interest in this relationship, we both want to see what potential we really have here, that's when you make it exclusive. And that's when you say, okay, we're going to stop seeing other people. We're going to give this relationship an honest chance and we're going to see where this can go. And that's when you, that's when you honestly start working on this relationship. But exclusivity doesn't remove the insecurity. If anything, it can intensify the insecurity because now it's real, right? Like, like now, now there's something here that we could actually lose, and so that can actually intensify the insecurity. And so going back to the question, the question is, what if I just can't handle it? Do I wait at the, do I wait at the expense of my own mental health? Well, no, this is when you develop a better relationship with your mental health. This is when you learn skills to deal with the uncomfortable things that you feel. This is when you learn to soothe yourself in your anxiety. This is when you learn to trust the outcome, whichever way it's going to go. This is when you learn to have faith in something greater than yourself. And you say, look, like, I know I'm not alone in this. And I know there's no accident here. And I know that if this relationship doesn't end up being my forever person, then that this relationship is in my life for a reason. And it's teaching me something incredibly valuable that is going to be immensely meaningful to me after this. So like I would say to answer the question, this is where you've got to level up. And, and I understand like that may seem ambiguous to you right now. You may say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, so I would say hire a coach, hire a therapist, start, start getting in some kind of environment where you can learn these kinds of things. Because it's not about just holding out at the expense of my mental health. If you just try to hold out at the expense of your mental health, you're going to sabotage this relationship because your mental health is not going to be doing well. You're going to, you're going to have emotions that are so strong that you literally can't control them. And you're going to start acting out in ways that sabotage the relationship. 
So no, don't hold out at the expense of your mental health. Develop a new relationship with your mental health. Learn to meditate. Learn to breathe deeply. Learn to recognize your anxiety when it's present in your body. Learn to pray. Like, like learn to trust. Learn to trust your life, your journey, your, your, uh, your experience. Learn to trust the people that you attract into your experience. This is what last week's podcast was about, which I would definitely recommend listening to. Um, but learn to trust who you attract into your experience, not because they're necessarily the one you're meant to be with for the rest of your life, but because they're who's with you right now. And they're not, whoever's with you right now is not an accident. They're in your life because they are helping you grow. They are helping you, like, if you're in, a, if you're in some kind of situation that is causing you intense anxiety, you're not in that situation by accident. You're in that situation because you need to feel that. That person is in your life to activate things in you that you need to feel because you need to learn how to deal with these feelings. And, and if this person is not the one for you, well, I really, really hope that you develop a powerful relationship with these feelings right now so that when this so that when the right person does show up you know how to deal with them you know how to be with these things you know how to recognize okay like i'm i'm feeling a lot of anxiety right now i'm feeling a lot of stress i'm feeling a lot of fear i want to reach out to this person and dump it all on them and make them responsible for it but i know that's not going to be healthy i know that's not going to help me so what I'm going to do is I'm going to meditate right now. I'm going to breathe deeply. I'm going to settle this experience that's in my body. I'm going to find a place of peace within everything that's happening for me right now. And then within everything that's happening for me right now, within this anxiety, within this fear, within this stress, I'm going to find a place of peace. And then I'm going to choose what happens next. And maybe I realized, you know what? This person is not serving me. This person is not serving my life. I'm going to leave them. Or maybe I realized that, you know what? I misperceived this whole situation. This person's actually been really great. And it's just projecting all my fears into this. And that's what's making me feel insecure. But the point is to learn how to be with these uncomfortable experiences, to learn how to find your groundedness within them so you can navigate them. So every time you get involved with someone and it makes you scared, you don't lose all your power. But you actually maintain your power through whatever might be happening. Through whatever crazy situation might be happening. You're maintaining your power through all of it. It doesn't mean it's always easy doesn't mean you never experience fear or doubt or insecurity. But when you feel that, you know how to deal with it. And so you can show up to every relationship from an empowered place. You're not dumping your insecurities on the person. You're dealing with them. You're handling them. 
And then you're showing up for this person in an empowered way and saying, hey, there's some things I'd like to talk to you about. I have some questions. You know, this, this relationship hasn't really been feeling safe for me. And, and I'd like to talk to you about that. And, and maybe we can figure that out. And maybe we can't. Maybe, maybe it's just not the right relationship. And, and I'm open either way. But, but I'm coming to this holding my power rather than having lost it all. So beautiful question. And I'm glad that you asked that because it's just, uh, I know these things are so difficult. But I, th- I, th- I think we've really got to recognize that like, that's, they're meant to be difficult. <laughs> they're meant to be challenging. This is how we grow. You know, most people become afraid and they go into a reaction in their fear and they lose all their power and then they feel awful about themselves and then they just blame everyone else for what happened. I mean, it's pretty obvious that that's not a powerful way to go through life. Right? It's a lot more powerful to go through life in a way where you maintain your power. You maintain your identity. And you maybe sometimes get pulled out of it. And so you know how to find your way back to it. And you don't blame anyone for anything. If there's somebody who hurt you, well, you know what? You chose to get involved with that person. You chose to ignore the red flags. And I'm not blaming you, but I'm saying own it. It's your result. You created it. And if you can own that you created that, then you can own that you have the power to create anything. If you can create that, you can create anything else. But as long as it's everyone else's fault all the time and everything's happening to you and you're constantly giving your power away like that, then it's just going to keep happening to you like that. You're just going to get more of that. So, you know, a lot of people get triggered and they're like, oh, don't tell me I created it. I didn't create it. It was the narcissist who created it. Well, you know, of all the 7 billion people in the world, you ended up with that person. And if you think that's an accident, then you're just missing the point. And so each of these experiences is an opportunity to strengthen yourself. All right, so I want to take some questions now. I've seen a lot of great questions come in today. Um, I'm going to go back and try to find some of them. And uh, yeah, I want to dive in with a few questions here. So this question is from Kat DeFay. And she says, so when I'm in the gray area with someone who doesn't want a relationship, do I have to be patient? Now, this is, I'm so glad I asked this question because maybe I can clarify some of the misunderstanding. And there is a lot of nuance to this because there there are two kinds of gray areas, okay? There's gray area that has no potential. And then there's gray area within a relationship that has real potential. And that's why both aspects of today's topic are so important, right? It's, it's not only what destroys real potential, but also what determines real potential. And so when you first meet someone, first thing you're looking for is, okay, what determines real potential? Like, is this person showing up in a way that determines real potential? And then the second part of it is once I've found somebody and I've determined that real potential, what is it that's going to destroy that once I've found it? Okay. So Being in the gray area with someone who doesn't want a relationship falls into the category of no real potential. Okay, and I know you might have not been on at the beginning when I was first talking about this, but 
what determines real potential is someone who has a similar vision for you, someone who's not trying to put you on a pedestal or, or be on your pedestal, but someone who's meeting you authentically person to person, someone who's honest about what they want and says, yes, I want similar things. Yes, I would like to explore creating that as well. Yes, I would like to see that, right? So establishing these things early on in the relationship determines real potential. So if you're in the gray area with someone who doesn't even want a relationship, what's happened is you've got involved with someone. If, at, at the very beginning of this, I was talking about people who get involved in relationships just to feel better, right? And I said, you know, a, a, lot, of, a lot of people, especially men, will go out and have sex just to feel better about themselves. They don't really care who it's with. They don't really care what it leads to. You know, if it leads to something that's fun for them, then maybe they'll do it a few more times. If they feel like it's a drag or it's, it's holding them back or, or the person's too needy, then they might not even do it a few more times. They might just do it the one time. But that's somebody who is not interested in a relationship. They're just interested in being connected to people to feel better about themselves. Right? So if I go out, I find someone who wants to have sex with me and that boosts my ego and that makes me feel desirable and wanted and, and makes me feel really good about myself. Well, then I'll do that. And if the person's cool and it's easy and it's not a drag, then maybe we'll do it a few more times. Maybe we'll even take a trip together. Maybe we'll even hang out together. But it's not something that I want to commit to long term. Why? Because I'm having fun doing this. I don't want to stop doing this. I don't want to lose the opportunity to do it with 20 other people. I'm just doing it with you right now because it's fun, but I'm definitely not going to give up my opportunity to keep doing this, right? So if you meet someone like that, that falls into the category of no real potential. Now, if you're with someone who you've established, we want the same things, we're looking for the same things, we desire the same things, Long-term, we have a similar vision for the future and we like each other and we would like to explore the possibility of creating that together. Now you're in the domain of real potential and there's still gray area. There's still a year of, of dating and, and being in relationship together and figuring out if you're even compatible, figuring out if you're even a great fit for each other, figuring out if you even share you know, the kind of values that are going to have you be able to go long-term. Okay, so to answer the question, don't live in gray area with someone who has no potential. That's just going to destroy your spirit, destroy your confidence. You're going to give your best to someone who doesn't deserve it. Like, don't live in gray area. Like, don't subject yourself to the discomfort of the gray area with someone who's already told you they're never going to be who you want them to be. Right? Be willing to subject yourself to the discomfort of the gray area when somebody demonstrates that there is real potential there. I hope that answers your question. Great question. And, and I know there is some nuance here, right? So when I talk about living in gray area, you've also got to be, you've got to be conscious about this. Like, it's like, yeah, the gray area is uncomfortable. The gray area requires some growth. It, it requires us to work on ourselves. It requires us to learn some things. But also, don't just do it for the fuck of it. <laughs> like, like, put yourself in that position because it's worth it. Because there's something here worth working for. Not just because there's somebody, there's a warm body that I can hang out with.
that's not going to get you very far. All right. So sending love, great question. And thank you so much for asking that. Um, there's another question right here I wanted to get to. Let me see if I can find it real quick. So this question is from Anne, and she says, what if we are exclusive, but he doesn't want to put a label on the relationship? And this is the one I wanted to speak into. So again, this would probably fall into the category of no real potential here. Um, so we're exclusive, but he doesn't want to put a label on the relationship. Now, something I always say is one of the clear signs of real potential is that the commitment is becoming greater over time. And one of the biggest ways that you can identify no real potential is when you get off to a great start and we're real hot and heavy and we say the things everybody wants to hear and we feel really good and, and, it, and it's all going well and yeah, let's be exclusive and yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, there's a stop. Oh, well, everything's good, but I don't want to label. Can't we just keep doing what we're doing? So there's a, there's a certain degree where like a lot of people will go so far, but then they don't want to let it go any farther. And what that, like, you've got to think about that. Like now part of it might be, okay, if you became exclusive after your first couple of weeks and now, you know, maybe it's been a couple of months and you're like, I want to be boyfriend and girlfriend, but they don't want to, right? It's like, they don't want the label. Well, then it could be that they're just never going to go there and they're just doing this for as long as it's fun. That's one possibility. The other possibility is that they would be willing to go there, but they just, they're not ready quite yet. Now, if you're getting into the six month range and they're not ready, like, like there's a certain point for me where it's like, okay, like we've crossed the threshold now, you know? So if, if you still want to keep this like a casual thing and yeah, we're exclusive, but it's still like not anything real then. And we're like six months in going on a year here. Like, no, like that doesn't fly for me. But if you're just a couple months in and, and they're not ready for a label, well, that for me would warrant a discussion. And, and I might say something like, listen, I, I definitely don't want to push you or pressure you. I definitely want you to feel free to make this choice when it feels real for you and it feels right for you. But I also, I just want to know, like, what, what is your hang up on that? What is your hang up on the label? What, like, what does, what does having the label make you feel? What fear does it bring up? What insecurity does it bring up? Because like, I, I just need to be honest with you. If, if you're not ready for the kind of relationship I'm ready for, that's okay. And I'm not going to push that on you. I'm not going to force that on you. So if you're not ready for that, I respect that. And like, I am ready for that. And so if this is going to be a relationship that never has a label, I'm just going to need to get out now. But if, if we can get there and you're just, you know, maybe afraid to take that step or, or you're concerned about it, like I'm willing to hear that and, and I'm willing to give you some space to figure that out for yourself. So can you share with me like, what is that? What does that mean for you? Now I'm also aware that as I'm breaking this down, I'm assuming there's a person with a certain level of depth on the other end of it, because there are a lot of people that you would ask them that kind of question and they'd just be like, oh, I don't know. I'm just not ready for it right now, right? So that kind of person like if you were to ask that question, 
and somebody were to respond to you in that way, then I might say, well, like, I have to be honest, that answer doesn't really work for me. And like, I'm open, you know, I've been honest about that. Like, I I want this. I feel good about this. I would like to explore the possibility here, but that answer really doesn't work for me. And like, honestly, in, in the near future, I'm either going to need you to get to a place where you can be okay with a label or I'm going to need you to have at least a better answer than that and be able to let me know what's really going on. And if that doesn't change for me, like I'm just going to need to remove myself from this relationship for my own well-being, for my own mental health, and for my own ability to, to have space in my life to create the kind of relationship I really want. So like, I want you to take what I just said and not only the words But if you imagine who you would be to speak like that to someone, to be that authentic and that vulnerable, but also that powerful, that's like the, that's like the perfect recipe right there. That's like the perfect mix, authentic, vulnerable, and powerful, right? It's, it's not like, Oh, I'm just cool. Yeah. If you're not ready for a label, that's cool with me. Like, yeah, take your time, whatever. I don't need a label either. You know, like that's like the inauthentically playing it cool when you really want more. And one, I mean, most people can see that bullshit a mile away. Like you're not fooling anyone with that shit. They know that you're just desperate for a relationship and you're just pretending not to be to hope to hang on to them. And actually when you do that and they can smell that on you, they can feel it coming from you. All that happens is they just lose all respect for you. And they just go like, okay, well, clearly I can pull this person's strings in any direction I want to. And they don't respect you as an equal partner. Now, actually, when you do that, an honorable person will actually just probably remove themselves from the relationship because they're like, I don't really respect this person. I don't really see them as an equal partner. And I'm not interested in pulling in anyone's strings. So I'm just going to let that go. Somebody who's not an honorable person is going to be like, awesome. I'm on this person's pedestal. I'm pulling their strings. I'm going to enjoy this for as long as I can. So that, that like inauthentic trying to play into what people want stuff, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve them. Like all you end up doing is enabling people who are never going to give you commitment anyway. So there's this, there's this place of coming from where you're authentic, you're vulnerable, you're honest, but you're also empowered. And, and I think for everyone, like, I want to really, I want to really just say that, like, that is something for all of us to work towards. And, and like, honestly, it doesn't end when you meet someone, like, that's something to keep working on throughout your entire relationship. And over time, the stakes only get higher. You know, the, the stakes, the more involved you become with someone, the more enmeshed your life becomes together, the more you've invested in them, the more of a risk there is. And, and so, you know, the level of vulnerability that's required is also greater. So I, I think that, you know, that is the, that is the come from. And that is where you want to approach these conversations from. 
that's where you want to, that's how you want to show up to this. And you don't have to do it perfectly. Like, look, one of, one of the great things about this is a relationship that has real potential is also founded in a certain level of like respect and authenticity, right? Like if I say to you that, you know, I'm looking for the real thing, that I feel something for you, that I see a possibility with us and, and that I would like to explore that together. You know, if, I, if I'm like vulnerable and honest with you about that and you receive that and you're vulnerable and honest with me as well and we share that connection in the beginning of our relationship, there's a certain level of trust that's built in that. And there's a certain level of like authenticity and respect that's created in that. And so something that comes with that as you move forward in the relationship is a desire to really honor the other person. And so like, if I, if I feel like I can't give you what you want, like I'm going to be honest with you about it because I care because, because I respect you because we have that respect in our relationship. And so, so I want to say like, it's, it's so important and kind of going back to the beginning of, you know, what determines real potential. It's so important to show up to a relationship that way in the beginning and establish that respect in the beginning of your relationship and have that be like kind of a requirement for you to even get too far ahead with someone. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll go on a few dates. We'll talk for a few weeks, but if I'm going to get beyond that point with you, like I'm going to need to be honest about you or I'm going to need, excuse me, I'm going to need to be honest with you about what I feel and get a, get a clear, honest response from you about how you feel. And I'm going to need to establish this authentic communication and this authentic respect. And again, I'm talking like within the first month we do this. And by doing that, by having that be a requirement, it's like, I'm, I'm basically saying that like, before I'll get too far ahead with anyone, there's like a minimum standard we need to meet. You know, before I'll get too emotionally involved with anyone, we need to create this standard of appreciation and respect and authenticity. And if I'm dating someone who is either not willing or not capable of meeting me in that place, then I know I'm not interested. And I'm going to say this, and I'll probably end with this because we're, we're about at time here. But so many of us are so concerned with finding someone who likes us that the moment somebody likes us, it's like nothing else matters. Like I'm not testing this relationship anymore. I'm not asking any difficult questions. I'm not like none of that, right? Like I'm just, oh, they like me. Oh, I want to keep them. I want to hang on to them. And so I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm not going to do anything. And like, I mean, I don't have to reiterate it again, but you're never going to get very far that way. It's like, you know, get to a place where it's like, I'm not even interested in anybody liking me or not. Like, I'm just interested in having an authentic connection with another human being. 
I'm just interested in making a connection with someone that feels good to me, that feels real, that feels authentic, that feels true. And, and that could, that could last for the rest of our life or it could last a few months. I I don't, I'm not even attached to where it goes or what happens with it, but I'm just interested in finding that it could even be in a friendship. I don't even need it to be romantic. But I'm just interested in authentic connection and I'm not entertaining any kind of BS, any kind of game playing, any kind of putting up a wall or putting up a front. Like I'm not entertaining any of that. I'm just looking for other human beings that I can connect with in a real authentic way. If it's a friendship, great. If it's romantic, great. If we date for a few months and have a passionate romance and then determine we don't want the same things, that's okay. If it lasts for years, if it lasts for the rest of my life, like that's okay too. Like I'm open to whatever the universe is bringing me. But I'm not interested in enabling or entertaining any kind of bullshit. I'm not interested in playing any kind of games. I'm not interested in performing or having anyone on a pedestal or proving myself to anyone. I'm not interested in being on anyone's pedestal. I'm not interested in keeping people around just to validate me. Like the only thing I'm interested in is real heart level, authentic connection with other human beings. And if there's anyone in my life that I can't have that with, like I'm not really interested. I cut my dad out of my life for that reason. Like, I don't care. You got my mom pregnant. So what? You suck as a human being. I'm not interested in having a relationship with you. Like there's, there's gotta be an, and underneath this, like there's a, there's a love for yourself that is, that is so strong that it's like, I just don't have time for anything else. Like I love myself so much and I care about myself so much that I'm not interested in wasting my time with anything that's not fulfilling for me. With, with anything that doesn't make me better. And that, I, I think, is the prerequisite for everything we've been speaking about today. That fundamental level of, like, self-love. And, and like, you, you know, self-love, it's like we think about lighting candles and taking a bath, and, I mean, that's, that's one way to love yourself. Another way to love yourself is to walk away from relationships that don't serve you. <laughs> right? And, and I think that, like... You can take all the baths you want, light all the candles you want, but if you're if you're not embodying your self-love in the places where it really matters, like no amount of like getting massages and playing nice music for yourself is going to make up for that. And so it's really it's really like loving yourself uh, to such a degree that you only have space for things that are fulfilling for you. And if you're in a place right now where like you might be single, you might be going, there's no romantic involvement that is fulfilling for me in my life right now. Okay. Then go find that in other ways. And yeah, keep dating when you have the chance, keep meeting people, be patient, wait for that to show up, find fulfilling ways to live your life in other domains so that your life is rich enough and full enough that you're not selling out to the first person who likes you just so you can have a little excitement in your life. 
Like that is, that is such a devastating trap to fall into. And, you know, when you, when you get to this place of like, I'm only interested in things that are real. I'm only interested in, in real potential. Like I'm not interested in hanging out with someone just because they like me and, they, and they're, oh, they're willing to keep me around for now. I'm not interested in that. Like I'm only interested in someone who has a vision similar to mine that we want to really create something real together. Like that's the only thing I'm interested in. And when you get to that place with yourself, it, you know, it might not happen overnight. I'm not saying that as soon, the moment you get to that place, you're going to have a complete revelation and you'll start attracting only amazing people all the time. No, that's not how it works. That's not life. But when you get to that place and you stand strong in that place and maybe you meet a couple of people that are just fucking around and just telling you what you want to hear and flattering you and, you know, doing all the stuff, but not following through in any real way. And within that context, you can say, this isn't what I want. And you stand firm in that time and time and time again. And maybe you need to stand firm in it a little bit. You know why? Because maybe you haven't stood firm in it for so long. And maybe you, maybe your legs aren't really that strong in that area. You can't, it's, it's really hard to stand up for yourself in that way. So maybe you need a little bit of practice. Maybe you need to get really confident about that. Maybe you need to do it five, six, seven times to really get grounded and confident in it. Maybe that is what you need. But I'll tell you this, when you start to live from that place unwaveringly, you start to bring that to all situations. What's ultimately going to happen is you will start attracting people into your life who match that. When the universe has gotten it loud and clear that you're not a space for BS anymore, that you're not going to entertain that stuff, that you're not going to allow it, that there's no space in your life for any of that to exist, the universe is going to start bringing different things into your life because you've become a different kind of purpose, or excuse me, you become a different kind of person and you're living with a different purpose. And that is your vibrational state. And that is what will be matched by the things that happen around you. People, places, experiences. You will find yourself in the people, places, and experiences that reflect that. So I'm going to close it out with that today. And this was just a great conversation. Um, I loved the questions. I loved reading the comments. You know, thank you. Those of you who have been with me today and, and been, um, jumping in and to those of you who will hear this message on the podcast, thank you for, for listening in every week and for following the show and, and following these messages each week. Um, sending so much love to all of you, wherever you are, whatever situation you find yourself in, um, you know, I'll just, I'll say, I know it's not easy. I know that some of the things you feel in the midst of navigating this stuff might just feel like, oh my God, how could I ever get through this? And, you know, know that as you, as you learn to work with these experiences and become more and more empowered within them, it will not always feel that way. And so wherever you are on the journey, some of you might be a little further behind. Some of you might be a little further ahead. It's okay. It doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter what stage of the journey you're in. Just be where you are right now. Just be where your feet are. 
and be present to that experience and love yourself and honor yourself as much as you can within that experience. And then do it in the next experience and do it in the next experience. And you don't even have to get it perfect. Just do it the best you can. And you will get where you want to go. Couldn't happen any other way. So sending you so much love, everybody. Lots of love, lots of blessings. Uh, Thank you so much for being with me today and I'll see you back here next Tuesday, all right? Have a good one, bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. 